Great to be singing the Christmas songs and put us in that Christmas spirit as we begin a brand new series called Unexpected Christmas. It's the first Advent. Are you ready? <laughs> it's kind of snuck up on us, hasn't it? Christmas is here. The Christmas season is here. And, and there's no better place to spend Christmas than to gather together, to be in worship together, and to be reminded of why we celebrate and why we come together. And uh, this series that we're beginning today called Unexpected Christmas. Because the reality is, isn't it that around Christmas we have such high expectations? We all have so many high expectations around the holidays. We want things to be just right. We have these ideas of how it should look, how it should feel, the things that we should do and experience. And we hope every year at Christmas that we're not going to be disappointed, that it's going to happen in just that way. Remember the movie Christmas at the Cranks? We looked at it last year when we did the series Christmas at the Movies. And one of the expectations that the Cranks had every year on their street was to put a Frosty the Snowman on top of their house. Remember that? And, and this, this crazy thing where Tim Allen here playing Luther Crank has to haul this thing up every single year. And he finally says, I'm done with the expectations. I don't want to deal with it anymore. And he's the only house on the whole street that doesn't put up the Frosty that year. And what is the experience? the wrath of the neighborhood, right? The expectations are high. And so in the end, he ends up putting up the, Chris, the, the, the Frosty in that way. And, and we have those expectations every year. What, what are the songs that, that need to be sung? If we don't sing that song in church, it's just not going to be right. I have to have a candle lighting service. I have to have this gathering with friends or family, or we have to have this party. Or, you know, if you have kids in your house, once you do one thing at Christmas, you have to do it every year after that, right? It's tradition, and we have to keep up those traditions, and the expectations are so great with everything that we have. And so when we come to, like, maybe a Christmas morning, you have this, uh, this scene, this idyllic scene of a Christmas morning. Maybe that's how, this is how it's supposed to be, right? You're at home, and you're opening gifts, and it's just a peaceful, beautiful morning, but more like this reality is where, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? It's like this balance between our expectations and what really happens, and this tensions that, that we often feel. We have these high expectations and the reality is we're bound to be let down. We're bound to not hit everything exactly as it's supposed to be. And I wonder what's missing. What is it that we're trying to fill? What is it that we're trying to experience? That we're trying to hold on to each and every year? How do we experience those things? And, and what we want to do this year in this series is we want to set aside those expectations. We want to set aside all of those um, preconceived notions of what needs to be and say, God, how can you surprise me this Christmas? How can you do something unexpected in my life? And we're not just looking at how can Christmas be different, setting aside some of the Christmas expectations, but what happens in life? How can we have something happen that, that, that when life throws us a, a curveball, when something unexpected happens, how do we handle that? And how do we deal with that? And that's what we want to talk about this Christmas, because when we look at the Christmas story, and we see everything that's taking place, what we realize is there's nothing expected about that first Christmas. If you were to write the story yourself, if you were to say, okay, how does God engage in the world, and how does he bring his son, even that he would do that, none of it would play out the way it does as what we read in Scripture. I mean, this young couple, Mary and Joseph, just you know, engaged to be married, just kind of young in life, a virgin birth, how does that even happen? And then Bethlehem and not Jerusalem. Revealed to lowly shepherds, a king. I mean, all these crazy things. So we're going to look at this unexpected story because as you saw in that lead-in video with God, the most amazing story is the one you never saw coming. 
If we think about that, think about just that phrase in your life. The most amazing story that might happen in your life is the one you never saw coming. How many things in your life are some of the most amazing things that you could have never planned for? That as you were younger, as you thought about your future, maybe some things that you thought would happen haven't happened, but some of the things that you're experiencing right now, some of the most amazing things, some, maybe the most amazing person that you're sitting next to or that you, that you have in your life, you would have never imagined. You didn't know. Some of the most amazing stories we never see coming. And so God's plans unfold in our way, in our life in ways that defy human expectations. And so we have to open ourselves to say, God, what can you do? What, what can be unexpected this Christmas that, that can really transform my life? That you can do something in an amazing way. And so today we're going to begin by looking at part one, unexpected interruption. Unexpected interruption. And we're going to look at the story of Mary and see... How did she respond, and what was that interruption, and what can we learn from that very thing? How do you handle life when it throws you a curveball? Anyone ever been thrown a curveball in life? Yeah. <laughs> Every one of us, if you're human, if you're alive, something happens in a moment that you didn't, didn't expect, and now you have to know how to deal with it. Well, we're going to look at Mary's story and understand, because as we said, the most amazing stories happen with, with God when we least expect it. And you know how that usually ex begins, those amazing stories? With an interruption. And so we're going to look at the story found in Luke chapter 1, and we're going to look at it uh, today through the eyes of Mary and how she experienced it. So if you want to follow along, we'll have the scriptures on the screen. We're going to be in Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 26, and it begins with the birth of Jesus foretold. This is the story that we read of Christmas, beginning in verse 26. God sent the angel, to, uh, the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. So I'll stop right there and just kind of see, this is setting the context for the story. Here's Mary, she's engaged to, jo to Joseph, they're not married yet, married yet, and um, you know, it says she's a virgin, they have been pure in their relationship, and here's the thing, Joseph is a descendant of King David. Ooh, how'd you like to be married into royalty? Pretty amazing, huh? But at the same time, it's been hundreds of years since that. So he's in that royal line, but that's like maybe you saying here, you know, you know I'm a descendant of George Washington. Does that earn you any status right now? <laughs> probably, probably not a whole lot. So I mean, that was maybe like for Mary and, and Joseph. It was like that was part of his lineage. But, you know, he, he, was, a, he was a carpenter, and we read that in, in Scripture in different places. And so just a normal couple living their life in an out-of-the-way out place going about their life expecting a future together, just like a, a couple engaged now would imagine what life would be like. How many kids would we have? Where would we live? What are we going to do? Well, Joseph's a carpenter, so, you know, Mary knew that he would at least always have, you know, good, they would always have good furniture and good toys for the kids to play with. I mean, it was, it was a stable, a stable profession, and so all of that felt really good, and so they were going about their life, normal, everyday life. Right? Just like you do normal everyday life. You're going along, you have your plans, you know what happens on Mondays and Tuesdays, and you have your rhythm for work, and then you got your vacation plan, and then you have, this is what you're going to do on the weekend. We lay out our life, normal, ordinary life, and that's what Mary and Joseph were doing. And then their world was rocked. Next verse, Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. That's the divine interruption. <laughs> Talk about life being interrupted in that moment, right? She's going about life, and all of a sudden, an angel appears to her. I don't know if you've ever seen an angel. I've never seen an angel. Uh, but there's a divine interruption in this moment, and she hears him, and he, he's speaking to her. He says, greetings, favored woman. The, the Lord is with you. It's an interruption because it breaks the flow of the normal course of life. When we have interruptions, 
How many of you love interruptions? <laughs> Most of us don't like to be interrupted. When we're concentrating, we're doing our work, and somebody comes tapping on your shoulder, right? Maybe, or they come into your office, or one of your kids at home, and you're like, don't interrupt me. I'm focused. I want to do what I'm doing. You're watching a TV show. You get to that really good part, and then, do-do-do-do-do, breaking news. I don't think they make that sound anymore, but, um, you know, flashes across the screen, and you're like, no, I want to watch my show. I want to watch the game, and, 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 and it interrupts the things that we're doing, and we experience so many different interruptions. Maybe you're talking to somebody, and you're in a deep conversation, and somebody comes up and says, excuse me, I don't want to interrupt, and you're like, well, you just did, right? You just interrupted. We don't like interruptions. Or you're getting, you know, you have your morning routine and, you, you know, you get out of bed, you grab your coffee, you're getting in the car, you go to work, you have a time just right to get to where you need to be, and the car doesn't start, right? Interrupted, and it throws us for a loop, and we go, what do we do? How do we handle interruptions? But some of the interruptions in life are a little more difficult to deal with, or they, they really can change the course of life when you get a diagnosis that you weren't expecting, and all of a sudden, your world is spinning, or maybe you get the pregnancy test positive, or maybe you get it back negative, and you're going, this is not what we expected. And your world is, is shaking, and you're wondering, okay, how do I deal with this now? My normal course of life has been interrupted. Now, some of us do like interruptions, though, just as a side, right? Sometimes you just want to, like, you don't like what you're doing, and you're like, come on, somebody interrupt me. I need something to break the flow, of, uh, to, to, to focus on something else. But, but most of the time, we don't like these interruptions, and especially in this moment, Mary is interrupted with a message from God through the angel. Here's her first reaction, verse 29. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. I love that. <laughs> Confused and disturbed. I mean, I don't like being confused and disturbed, but I like that the Bible just gives us that real moment there with Mary. Like, in this moment, like, I don't, I don't get it. And I'm actually kind of disturbed. Like, there's an angel showing up here, and you're calling me favored woman, and the Lord is with you. What is happening? What's going on in this moment? And, and when we are interrupted in life, when things don't go the way we planned, how many times do you feel confused? God, what are you doing in my life right now? This is kind of disturbing, God. What, what's happening here? I don't know how to deal with that. I don't know what to do. Uh, how, do how do I make sense of this? This is not my normal flow of life. And that's exactly what Mary was feeling. And I don't know if you've ever felt God speaking to you in some way. And I've never heard an audible voice from God. I've never had an angel appear to me. But I feel a nudging in my spirit. Or God gives me a certain thought. Or God says, go this way. Or do this thing. Pursue this path. And you might go, whoa, where did that come from? confused and disturbed. God, how do I go about this? Are you messing with me? What, what's happening? The angel then comes back to her, verse, verse 30. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High God. The Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Those three verses, that is a lot to take in. That is a lot to take in in that moment. And in Mary, again, probably a teenage girl at this time, you know, ready to get married, and she's hearing these words. And we maybe have heard these a lot if you've been in church or heard the Christmas story. But imagine hearing them for the first time. And she's probably thinking like, thanks, Gabe. Can I call you Gabe? Is that okay, Gabriel? Um, by the way, uh, spoiler, you, you didn't even have the courtesy of giving me a spoiler alert. <laughs> I'm pregnant, thank you. No gender reveal party needed. It's going to be a boy. 
and uh, his name is Jesus. So, I mean, she heard it all, and I, could you imagine her going up to Joseph? Being like, uh, Joseph, uh, I've got a couple things to tell you. First of all, um, I'm pregnant, and he's kind of confused at how that happened. Uh, and by the way, it's a boy. Um, and if you're wondering, I already have the name. I mean, it's like, there's no fun. She took, the angel took all the fun out of it. But she's trying to think about all these things, like, whoa, how is this even going to happen? But, but that, then it gets even more extreme in the sense of what this child of hers is going to be. This idea of a great, he's going to be very great, the son of the most high, the throne of David. He will reign forever. The kingdom, his kingdom will never end. I don't think even there's categories that she could have put all of these pieces in and trying to understand it all. And again, imagine her trying to explain it to Joseph. Like, and by the way, he's not going to be a carpenter. I hate to tell you, I mean, long term, he's going to have some more plans. He's going to be a king. He's going to reign forever. He's going to be God. There's just so much for her to take in. And we'd look at that and we got to, oh, how do I deal with this? And so Mary's trying to process this all and realizing, yeah, having a baby changes everything, like they say. And for her, it was going to be a whole new life, more than she could even fathom in that moment. Her life would never be the same. Maybe you've received some news. Maybe you've been handed something in your life, an interruption where you go, I don't think my life will ever be the same. I don't even know what it all means. But Mary asked this question to the angel after he told her that in verse 34. But how can this happen? She said, I'm a virgin. Let's dial it back for a minute here. Uh, Gabe, I don't know how it works in the angelic realm, how, you know, baby angels happen. I mean, I've seen cupids with little arrows, that kind of thing. But in the human world, that's not how it happens. I'm a virgin. I can't possibly be pregnant. I've not had relationships, that relationship with with Joseph. And it's unexpected. It happens in a way where she just can't understand. And have you ever been in that place where you think, how could this happen to me? I think we've been in those places. How could this happen to me? How could this happen? We, we had such a great marriage. Our relationship seems so strong. How could this happen? I've been so healthy. I've been exercising. I've been eating my whole life. How can I get this diagnosed? I, I, can I really be that sick? How could that happen? I raised my kid in the right way and had all these things, and, and now they've just a broken relationship or they're going down a path. How can it happen? We wonder in our life, how can it happen? I, I've been such a great employee. I've worked hard, and now I'm laid off. Now I got fired. How did that happen? We don't always understand how things happen. And in this moment, they don't, we don't understand this plan that's unfolding. Mary's in that same boat. How can this happen, she asked. Then the angel tells her. He said, the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. The angel's saying, look, you don't understand it, but the Holy Spirit's at work here. The Holy Spirit's up to something. The Holy Spirit's doing something in your life. The Holy Spirit's gonna overpower you and is gonna change the course of your life. And it reminds us of the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives that I think we can forget about sometimes. We go about living our life and we just do our plans and we go through our power and we go through our strength and we have it all mapped out. And when the Holy Spirit wants to do something, when God wants to do something, he sends the Holy Spirit to say, I'm going to give you a new vision for your life. I'm going to give you something different, something you haven't thought about before. And that's one of the amazing things about being a follower of Christ is that we have the gift of the Holy Spirit living in us that can empower us to do something we never imagined, to, to tackle a situation that we didn't think we could overcome. 
to mend a relationship, to work hard at something, to, to take a new direction. And the Holy Spirit is giving that power to live something out, to live it out with God. But we have to surrender our life to him in that way, and so Mary does that. But then he says the Holy Spirit's going to overpower you, and you're going to have a baby. And, and, and why is the virgin birth so significant? I mean, it's a miraculous, it's amazing, but just a moment here, we have to think, why is this such a big part of God's story? And it's significant because, one, it's a fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecy. Hundreds of years before, the prophet Isaiah was, was prophesying, and, and we read here in Isaiah chapter 7, 14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. So even hundreds of years before, this was God's plan. He was sharing with them this plan, this promise that this promised Savior would come. And so in this moment, this understanding that, that it had to be in this way with Mary is critical. It's key. It ties together the Old Testament prophecies and what God was going to do and how he was going to reveal himself as the coming Messiah. And as we read in that, it says, right, and he will, call, and, and will be called Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. And so it's understanding that this is how God was going to come and literally be with us. It's not just a, just a name, oh, that, it's neat, it kind of means God with us. No, it was literally God going to be with us. And so because of that, and, and because of Mary being a virgin and not coming through conception between uh, Joseph and Mary, it allowed him to be holy, to be fully man and be fully God, to be without sin, to be set apart, to be a birth unlike any other. And in Scripture, sometimes um, Jesus is referred to as the second Adam. The first Adam born a creation where sin entered the world. Jesus was going to be the new creation, the second Adam taking sin out of the world. And so that had such significance into that moment. And so the significance in this moment, even though we talk, we're talking about this being an interruption for Mary's life, it was an interruption for the whole world. This was the moment where, where all of history was coming to a point it was a divine interruption that would change the whole world, the course of history. And so, as we read on in the story, then the angel continues and he says, what's more, he says, is your relative, Elizabeth, has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. And you might go, okay, wait, why, what are, we, why are we talking about Mary, uh, Elizabeth? We're just talking about Mary. And what the angel is saying, look, there's a bigger plan unfolding here. This isn't just about you and, and Joseph. You're a part of that plan, but there's a bigger story unfolding, one that you may not even know, and I'm going to give you a little insight. Your cousin Elizabeth is already in her sixth month, and, by, and, and, and Mary's going, yeah, she's really very old. They, she was beyond childbearing age. But yet God, through his Holy Spirit, was orchestrating a bigger plan. She was going to give birth and gave birth to John the Baptist, who was the one who was called to prepare the way for Jesus. And so this bigger plan was unfolding, and, and Mary couldn't see it, but she was beginning to have more of it revealed. And when we look at our life, we look at our plan, we can't see all the different ways God is trying to orchestrate something, not only in your life, but in the lives of others, and how he's going to use you, and what he's doing in this world. And then the angel ends with this, for the word of God will never fail. If God says it, it'll happen. God is true to his promises. From the Old Testament, through the prophecies, through his coming, his, his promise to redeem and to save, God's word will never fail. As he told it to Mary, it was going to happen, and it happened in that way. The question is, do you trust it? Do you trust God? Do you take him at his word? 
And so Mary's thinking about all this. And so we step back and we ponder and go, how would you have responded? But let me ask, how do you respond when the unexpected happens in your life? Most of us, we get frustrated when we get interrupted, when our plans don't go as they're supposed to. Maybe we get angry. Maybe we try to run away. Maybe we try to grab the reins and take even more control and try to orchestrate it just to force our way to make it happen in the way that we want. Maybe we kick and scream. Maybe we hide. I don't know. But we don't usually like these interruptions. But how did Mary respond? It says this, Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. What incredible trust and surrender. I mean, here's this young girl whose mind has just been blown, whose future has just been unimaginably changed, more than she would ever even know what she was about to go through. The exhilarating high moments, the painful, painful lows, sitting at the foot of the cross watching Jesus get nailed to the cross anything in between and experiencing the resurrection. I mean, a life she could have never imagined in that moment. I'm sure if the angel would have told her everything. <laughs> Think about that in your life. If you would know everything that would happen, I don't know how <laughs> we would go through our life. But God reveals to us sometimes a direction, a path, a plan to take those steps. And Mary said, may it be. I am the Lord's servant. May it come true. Just the submitting to what God has. Then after she hears all this, we read that she actually goes and visits Elizabeth, and as she tells Elizabeth the story of what she experienced and the angel coming to her and, and that what's going to happen, Elizabeth says this to her. She says, you are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. And this is how we remember Mary. She's blessed in that she just accepted what the Lord had for her, and she was a willing servant to go and to take the path that she didn't expect, the plan that she did not um, imagine in her life. So I wonder for us, for you, is God trying to get your attention this Christmas? Is there something in your life where God wants to wake you up from the ho-hum, from the ordinary, from the everyday, from all the preconceived notions and plans and everything that you have planned? Is God maybe trying to say, I want to break in, I want to come in some kind of interruption and going to interrupt your plans. It may not be what you expect, but God is trying to do something there. And the reality is that's where some of the best stories of life come, is they come out of our interruptions, both good and bad. That's when we tell the stories. The expected stuff? That doesn't make any of our own even highlight reels in our own life. I remember back when, uh, when I was growing up in, in, uh, in the church that I was at. It was a smaller, uh, smaller church, you know, old A-frame structure. And, uh, and one Christmas, uh, for Christmas, we'd hang this, this wreath from the ceiling. Uh, had like ribbons hanging down, and it was a big, like natural Christmas wreath. So it was kind of hanging up front, just in front of the front pew. And uh, had the four, you know, candles and the, the candle in the center. And I remember on Christmas Eve sitting uh, actually about a row or two back from the front and thinking, that one candle seems to be burning pretty low. <laughs> it's been lit, you know, one of, them the, one of them has been lit more throughout the whole, you know, Christmas season, and I was just kind of keeping an eye on it. I was like, no, nah, it's probably just the angle that I'm sitting at. It's probably not, you know, it's probably like taller when you get up there. And so I kept watching it, and wouldn't you know, it lit on fire on Christmas Eve. <laughs> a, dried, a dried wreath lit on fire, and this was my hero moment. 
I leapt into action, grabbed the hymnal, stood on the front pew, and started pounding the top of that, that wreath. Glowing needles flying everywhere, wax. I don't know if it was quite that dramatic, but uh, I'd like to imagine it that way. Um, but it did catch on fire, and, and we put it out, and it was fine. I remember that Christmas. I don't remember the one before. I don't remember the one after. I remember that one. It's the unexpected. It's the things that we didn't plan for. It's the things that we don't see that often make some great stories. And in the moment, sometimes they seem difficult. And many times they are, and they can be challenging. But maybe God is trying to get your attention. And so as we enter this Christmas season, how do you approach these interruptions. I want to tell you three ways that we learn from the story that maybe you can take with you today, how to respond to divine interruptions. The first is this, embrace the unexpected. This is what we don't like to do, right? We don't want the unexpected. We want that to stay away. We want our plans. And so it's a major shift for us to think in terms of next time you have an interruption, something kind of changes the course of where that you're going and saying, all right, I'm going to embrace this. Like, we had some things going on here um, with the building that needed to be taken care of this past week and even yesterday, and, and uh, I didn't see it as a divine interruption. Um, and I was frustrated last night after getting home late, and then I was thinking about my message this morning, and I was like, all right, how do I embrace the interruption? How do, and, and honestly, it was an opportunity for me to meet up with a friend that I hadn't seen in a lot of years and connected with at a deeper level, which a story I won't get into, but... It wouldn't have happened without the divine interruption. Sometimes we have our life so planned and we're so tight and with our schedule and with everything that's supposed to be and the expectations we have that there's no room for God to move. And sometimes being able to step back and say, God, we're not giving you any room to move, so he's like going like to insert something there to say, I need to interrupt this for a moment to maybe let you see something else or to maybe change the course in your life or, or the path. And maybe even just around Christmas, maybe it's the uh, unexpected guest that shows up or a chance encounter that you have where you just pause for a moment and say, I'm going to have that conversation. I'm going to invite them over to my house. I remember when I was a church planter starting a church in an area where we didn't know anybody. We didn't have, it was the year before actually launching services and trying to meet people in a community we didn't know. And I would leave the house in the morning and one of my prayers was, God, I don't know who I'm going to meet. <laughs> Help me to meet the right person. Help me to run into somebody. Help me to find a connection. Let me just be open. And it was a time where I really felt like I was walking in faith in a way that I never had before. I would just leave the house. Sometimes without a plan, without a schedule, I'm just like, I'm just going to go to Starbucks and sit there and see if I can meet somebody. I'm going to go through the Walmart and maybe meet somebody. Or I have this one appointment, and I'll talk to them, and I'll say, uh, who else can I meet? And it was amazing how God would create connections, would open opportunities, and I find that it's so much easier in life to just schedule it all full, to plan it all out, and to not give God, again, that room to move. But maybe this Christmas, something different. You go out there and you spin that wheel. You don't just spin it once. You spin it twice to find out what kind of gifts you can buy for kids. You're going to be extra generous in a way that you haven't been before. You're going to be open to, to, to what God is doing in these moments. And sometimes it, it may just be a crisis. I hate to tell you, but that's sometimes how it works. I wish it was just all great news. For Mary, we could say, oh, this is how wonderful she gets to be the, the mother to God's son. But you look at that story. That was, she lived an agonizingly difficult existence and experience following that journey with Jesus. The pain that only a mother would know and can imagine her son being crucified on a cross. 
And yet, it was transformative for her, for the world. What's God doing in maybe a death that you experienced, the loss of a loved one? Maybe your health is just in a really difficult spot. Maybe you have an unexpected pregnancy or a job loss. It may not be what you expected, but God can work through them. God can do something amazing and beautiful. So embrace the unexpected. I think that changes the perspective right off the bat. The second is this, listen to God's voice. We embrace the unexpected and we listen to God's voice. We ask, God, what are you trying to tell me? We don't listen to God's voice very well. We may not, you might be saying, I don't, like, you know, I don't ever feel God speaking to me. Maybe it's because we're not quiet enough. Maybe we're not in places where we allow God to interrupt and to get into our thoughts and into our hearts. Because God uses a lot of different ways to interrupt us. He interrupts us, I think, when we gather and worship, when we sing songs, when we read God's word, when we pray, when we get in, the, you know, in these moments where God speaks to us, where we're quiet. So maybe you like turn off the Christmas movies. I know we got them running 24 hours a day. Turn, turn that off. Maybe, maybe stop the Christmas music for a little bit and just sit quiet by the tree. Maybe go for a walk without earbuds in. And just say, God, what are you trying to say to me? And, we're, and you listen. And you allow God to interrupt. And say, all right, God, what are you prompting in my spirit? How are you moving in this moment? What are you trying to say? And we listen. We say, God, all right, speak to me. In unexpected ways. I was at a play. My daughter's in, in, a, in a play at school. Um, what a one, uh, it's a Wonderful Life. And uh, man, it just, it just uh, gets me every time. Even when these high school actors weren't doing that great of a job. I mean, no, they were doing a great job. <laughs> that was mean. That was mean. That was, edit that out of... <laughs> they did fantastic. But I'm saying, like, compared, compared to, like, the professional you know, Hollywood actors. Anyway, you get my point. But, but, I, but I was surprised in a moment, like here I'm in a high school play and I'm like going, I'm fine. <laughs> you know, when you see like your life has value and, and, and meaning and, and just some of these moments where you kind of go, God, I wasn't expecting it in this moment. God comes in these moments and we should lean into that. We listen to God's voice. What's he saying in that time? And the third is our response, which is just say yes. Say yes. I think what we see from Mary, she just said, may it be as the Lord has said. God, I didn't choose this. I didn't know if this is what I would have made, you know, the decision for me. But, but God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say yes. I'm going to embrace it, and I'm going to walk with you. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Imagine if we approached the interruptions in this way this Christmas, or maybe the bigger ones that you're experiencing in your life. So as I think about this divine interruption, as I said earlier, it wasn't just for Mary. It was for the whole world. And if you step back, it's not just about learning how do we handle interruptions, but we look at this Christmas story, and after 400 years of silence, God broke through the silence, and he came into the world in a miraculous way with this birth that we are celebrating each and every year as we remember God coming into the world. I look at our world, and I was just talking to one of you this morning before service, and we're saying, doesn't our world need, well, we put it in a way like of a revival. We need a renewal. <laughs> we need a divine interruption in this world. It's like the world is like going like zombies into whatever path and, 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 and direction that just seems right on our own, and, and just we're losing a sense of, of faith and understanding and reality of God at work, and we need a divine interruption, and Jesus offers us that divine interruption to come in and to say there's a fresh wind that wants to blow through, that changes the course of someone's life, 
I was talking with somebody yesterday who has almost every material thing available to them that they could possibly have and was saying the classic story, it means nothing. I can get myself whatever I want and it just doesn't hold the value and yet they have not accepted and received Christ. They're missing the one thing, the divine interruption that can change everything. And so the world needs it, but really what it is is the birth of Jesus is the divine interruption for you and me. That's what all of this is. It's Jesus saying, I don't just want to break into the world or into Mary's world. I want to break into your world. And whenever Christ enters our world, it is an interruption. It interrupts the way we think. It interrupts our worldview. It interrupts the way we understand and relate to other people. It, it interrupts the way we think about our life. But it's the best kind of interruption. And I find people who go through life and just resist relationship with God, and maybe that's you, they're like, I, I, I don't want to give that up. I don't want to give up that control. I don't want to give up the path and the plan that I have for my life. And there's a moment where we just have to say, God, I allow you to break in. Jesus, I surrender to you. And in that moment, the unexpected begins to happen and transformation can really begin to take place. And for those of us who have been followers of Jesus for a long time, even Christmas and the story can become so routine. And I wonder if we would allow God to interrupt that routine and that normal and say, God, I want to show you, God wants to show you something new. Would we be open to that? Would we be willing to receive that today? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, none of us like to be interrupted. We have our plans. We have our ideas. We have our preconceived notions of exactly how things are supposed to be, whether it's around Christmas or around our life or around a relationship or our jobs or our health or our finances. God, help us to be open to your leading, your moving, something that jars us in a way that we didn't expect. And maybe, God, we would just hear a voice from you, hear something that you would speak into our spirit that would get us to think about life in a different way. Father, help us to be open to just say, yes, God, I embrace this moment. God, what are you trying to teach me? What can I learn? What can I do? How can you use me? Father, if there are any here that do not know what it means to have their lives completely wrecked by you in the best way possible, God, to be renewed, to be restored, to have that fresh wind of your, your, your spirit just lighting that fire inside their spirit, God, may you come in a way that just speaks, that still small voice that whispers in our spirit saying, come, come home. Father, may we experience you in a fresh way this Christmas. And may it not be in uh, just the ways that we always expect, but God, may it be in some of the most unexpected ways possible. We give you thanks. We give you thanks for the way that you broke into history in ways that we could not have imagined, that we could not have written, but God, that has transformed this world and has transformed our lives. We give you thanks in Jesus' name, amen.